What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Three Tints Up podcast, and I'm here with Raz and Greg for this yeah. time around. How's Hello. it going, fellas? What's up, man? What's up? All good, all good. Um, lockdown opening up again here in Germany. So, yeah. yeah, I'm finally seeing peoples, you know, even though I'm not antisocial or anything like that, but, you know. Some yeah. normality going on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Over here in Toronto, we um yesterday we had a riot, well like sort of like a party at a park downtown Toronto. Yeah. It was completely unexpected. People are freaking the hell out right now. They're shitting themselves. <laughs> the police went out there today. Was it today? It was yesterday. The police went out there on Sunday in full force just mm. to make sure that uh, people like were like riot um, gear and everything. Well, they they went out there to make sure that um people were observing the social distancing laws, right? Oh, right, right. So, And I'm talking, there was hundreds and hundreds of people chilling like it was like a regular summer day. It was all over the news and everything. Yeah, they've had it. They've had that in the U.S. too, where it's just like now, because it's Memorial Day weekend. So oh. they're just having, like, the beaches are opening up. I think bars mm-hmm. have started opening up here in San Antonio. Yeah, beer gardens have opened up in Germany. Yeah. Again, with, like, every other table kind of thing so. yeah like it's you have to there's a capacity limit but i think people are just starting to i think they're so pent up that they're trying to get out and it's like yeah yeah it's gonna it's gonna be kind of odd to see what you know happens in the next coming weeks if we get another well, spike or not but we already got them we we are we right now we are observing the highest continuous day spikes that we've ever had shit yeah, we're okay. spiking at like 400 a day now. I think they're just going to fight through it now, too. Like, Well, I think the U.S. is. They're just going to be like, well, we're just going to – everyone's getting affected. We're just going to continue doing this. I don't see it going back is all mm-hmm. I'm – like back yeah. to the whole isolation. It's just, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. back on F1. Um, oh, Silverstone is apparently back. <laughs> Dude, I, they can never make up. They can't make up their mind when they actually. No, it's 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 just the government, isn't it? I mean, you saw what happened today. Without getting too political, but you know, they're just like you know. Well, the, Boris Johnson has this attitude of, well, if people die, I don't really give a fuck, right? You know, it's uh, I, I I can relate to that. For that leader, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, very, very much. He's that uh, sort of like you know, die you fucking plebs, right? You know, is that kind of thing, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I had to say that, right? You know, but yeah, yeah what happened today? I don't know if you guys are following the U- the news in the UK, hmm. but yeah, it is it is absolute. It's an absolute shit show, right? I'm pretty sure Trump in America is gonna say, "Oh, right, all right, hold my beer, right? I'm gonna do something even worse." He's got a he's got a he's got a he's gonna one up him, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah, his well, ego. Yeah, sorry, but yeah. So Silverstone is apparently gonna go ahead despite quarantine. Wow. So are they gonna have fans? No, no, no I doubt that. So uh, yeah, Lewis won't be able to say we've got the best fans here. Yeah, who will be watching from all over the world? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> well, you you saw what he said um, a couple of weeks ago or something like that. Yeah, I think were... we mentioned it on the last one mm. about the. Uh, the fans how like disappointed and stuff he was yeah but apparently the the two races are going to take place behind closed doors on the 26th of july instead of the 19th of july and on the 2nd of august okay so wow. two months time yeah 
Wow. It's going to be weird to see if they actually go through with the season because they're so yeah, no, because they have plans the for it, but yeah. no. Here's the thing about the whole season, right? Where are majority of the teams based? UK, exactly, right? Okay, Germany, Austria, you know, everywhere else across continental Europe is kind of getting better. Britain is the, literally the sick man of uh, Europe right now. You know, I mean, literally, I mean, yeah, it was called that a while ago before joining the European Union uh, back in the 70s. But, you know, now it's literally the worst place to be. So even if, like, Hockenheim are ready and um, Austria are ready and everything like that, okay, getting people ferried across, right, from from the hotspot, let's be honest, to somewhere, you know, where there's none of it anymore. <laughs> you, do, do you see where I'm going with this? You know, yeah, it's, they're going to quarantine all the fans for a week before they can uh, watch the race? Well, they, they're going to have to do something so they, in the sense of, like, they're going to have to quarantine members of... Well, the, maybe that's why they push the date back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I can understand it going ahead if all the teams were based in Europe. I mean, in continental Europe, where where it's actually subsided, you know, quite a bit, you know. But this is going to be... A, and, and not only just the teams, but guess where FOM is based? Just outside London, Biggin Hill. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so th- that's the whole... That's basically um, um, the show, you know, well, FOM sure, you know, they're, they're the ones who said that's the camera crews, the support crews, the technical staff and all the um, uh, trackside electronics and, and all that stuff. That's going to be a, that's going to be one logistical nightmare. Right. I mean, think about it. It's the logistics of it, which is which is worrying me more. Yeah, than Yeah, there's so many moving parts. Yeah. That have I mean, to go. You know, how are they going to plan getting all that equipment out there? Right. Then, uh, like, you know, all the signboards and everything like that, they're done by one company, okay? And I think, uh, I forgot the name, but the thing is, thankfully, that company is based out of Munich. So that's not really an issue. But, like, you know, all the all the sponsors' logos and everything like that, like Heineken and, you know, uh, DHL, Rolex, whatnot, and getting all don't, that advertising. Don't worry, they won't miss out on their money. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously they won't. <laughs> But the thing is, it's like... Um, They're just going to go to digital signage. Yeah, yeah the digital signage is one thing, right? But, you know, they do do all that, you know, painting the walls and all that stuff, you know, and, 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 and the pit apron and all that stuff. So there is a lot of logistics involved that normal people won't see. You know, all the stuff mm-hmm. that goes on behind the scenes. I see it all when I do all my scrutineering stuff, right? You know, I arrive on the Wednesday and everything like that, and they're still putting shit together. But right? you, just <laughs> have to, you just have to think that all you're trying to do now is put on something for media. You're just trying yeah. to put something on that you can put on the television screen. So all the logistics that have to go behind the entire fan experience and the promotions that have to go for the people that are actually there at the circuit don't have to happen. Yeah. So... But That's usually one less. pit lanes are a bit of a confined space. That's the other thing, you know, yeah. if they're worried about that. So. I think they'll probably have a cap on who they bring. Like, you have yeah. essential staff, yep. and they'll probably cut yep. down a That's little it. bit, and they'll just have, you know, so-and-so many people out at a, disc, you know, undisclosed location or in a trailer or, mm. you know. Or shifts. At, yeah, yeah, or shifts that you have to go through and. 
just so they can kind of split it up. There's a lot of planning that has to go into it, even if they try to have a shortened, confined season. You know what? I guess anybody could win that race then. Yeah. 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 Because guess what? I mean, um, they won't have all the data staff there. Right. Right. That's right. Strategy is going to be, you know, potluck, basically. And also, Pirelli are basically saying, no, we won't give you choices of tyres. We're going to dictate what tyres are coming. Right. Because, you know. Which which I think is fine. Yeah. No, because the thing is, you know how, you know, you know, with modern Formula One, it's all become data driven. Right. Mm hmm. Whereas back then it was all about, you know, eyeballing it. This is basically going to go back to eyeballing it, in a sense. Well, it's going to be good because there's less factors going on. And if it... If It'll be more happens, of a guessing game. Yeah, crazy. and if it goes it's well... An equalizer. It's an equalizer, right? Maybe yes, yes exactly. Because it was too before. It was That's too, right. Yeah, so... And yeah. if it goes well, they could, they could start adopting some of these practices. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, right. a, it's a good time to experiment because you know when else are you going to have a little shortened season that you don't have a lot of you know routine factors going on? You can say, okay, well we're doing this the simplest we can do it, and we're just dictating what is given to the teams. And if you have good racing, well maybe you start cutting back on some of this you know data and I don't yeah. know just other other little things that the teams have access to. But um. <clears throat> Big news that we just missed out on, as always, um, but we will definitely cover it, is Science signed with Ferrari, and to take his place at McLaren, Ricardo took his seat and will partner Lando, uh, Lando Norris. So there leaves a vacant seat at Renault. And then, of course, the rumor of, is Fettel going to retire, or where does he go? So which one do you want to start on? Uh, do you want to go through Science, Fettel, Ricardo? Which well, it's one do that you whole start? trio, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, personally, if, uh, if, if Sebastian does not retire, or listen, he's got Mercedes, and that's his only option. That's just yeah. be straightforward about that, it. That's what you said. You know, the only the option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or go home. Like, just re- enjoy the sunset. You know what I mean? Right off on your donkey. You know, have some fun. Um, do some commentating, maybe. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, he doesn't have another option. Renault is absolutely not an option for him. No way. Yeah, I, I do see that the possibility of him going to Mercedes is kind of getting greater and greater. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then what is really kind of shed light is Ricardo really jumped ship. And Ricardo basically just stabbed um, um, Renault in the back after, you know. Well, you have to think that he made such a large, you know, a big decision to go there mm. instead of staying with Red Bull, a more concrete, you know, team and competitive team. Mm. How bad is Renault? Like, what's Renault's the state? Team. How bad is that state of that team right now if Ricardo's going to jump ship? I know he's the time's running out for him to win a championship, but does that really show Renault's true colors? Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, he wants to get into a Mercedes as fast as possible, like everybody else, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, as long as he can drive a Mercedes engine, he's going to take. Right. And McLaren's been 
you know, last couple years, well, last year particularly, has been the best up-and-coming team, as you can, I guess you can kind of say, they've been around for so long, but they've actually hit their stride um, since yeah, the whole they, they got hybrid their era. Together. Yeah, they, they yeah. rebuilt as a team, and yeah, they've uh, really, they're really heading in the, they've got a vision, they're heading in the right direction, and it's all kind of culminating together. So he's basically doing what happened with Hamilton in 2013 when when he signed up because 2013 was Mercedes's sort of final year of getting shit together, right? right? Yeah. And then Still 2014 the- came along. Yeah, 2014 came along, and um, you know they were they jumped the gun. So the thing is, 2020 and plus you got the 2020. Well, 2021 is basically this year extended. Right, and then you've got 2022 coming along. If McLaren are playing it like that, they might end up becoming that sort of uh, wild card, sort of like, oh shit, we didn't see that coming from McLaren. And McLaren, in in all their history, have always been the technical team with all the technical innovations coming out, you know. So, you know, that's been their main strengths, you know, uh, even back in the Ron Dennis days. Uh, especially in the Ron Dennis days, you know, it's not called the Woking Death Star for nothing, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, I think uh, what Ricardo has done is basically grab the opportunity. He's like, fuck it, right, you know. Whereas Renault, there's only one person I could name for all this shit going on at Renault. Cyril Abitable. <laughs> I don't know. <don't>, uh... <laughs> Cyril fucking useless. He makes Eric Boulier look better. I knew that name drop was coming. (laughs) Eric. Wow. Wow. You know know what I mean? It's just, you know, okay, fine. Uh, But because Cyril fucked up so much, he was like, you know, um, you know, you saw, you all saw the episode from uh, Netflix uh, uh, where he, he was basically saying, oh, we are building our future around Danielle. Right, he calls him Danielle for some reason. Right, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Danielle is our future. Right, you know, a three-year deal and all that shit. And he's like, "All right, see you later, mate." Right, you know, he's not that kind yeah. of. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, they got past the third date, and he realized that you know, Ricardo yeah. got duped. You know what I mean? It's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> he dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, I've been here. I see where this is going. No, no, no. I've been in this type of relationship before, guys. Nice try, buddy. <laughs> and at the same time, now, they, now Renault have got two options. Okay, either hire back um, uh, Hulkenberg. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Hulkenberg's right. basically going to say, "Fuck you," right? You know. Yeah. It's like, I ain't they would never do it for Pride. Pride would never. They wouldn't do it, man. No, no, no. The other, the other rumor that seems to be circulating is because Mercedes have, you know, well, Toto Wolff has categorically said we won't deal with our drivers' contracts until the season starts. Right. Mm. The thing is, there's a good possibility this season will not start. Right. Right. So you'll have both Lewis and Bottas technically out of a contract. Yeah, because it's still going yeah. with the 2020 timeline. That doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They signed you know, for the I mean, year, not the season. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, if, if, for example, it gets to December 31st, right, and we still don't have a season, what happens? 
right? So, well, you know, it's a good, it's a valid point. It's a fair question. You know, even though everyone's saying, oh, you know, Sky, I mean, I got this straight from Alex Vertz, right? You know? And he fucking, he fucking tore the guys at Sky, you know, because they always suck Lewis Hamilton's cock, right? You know, and, um, you know, he, he explicit podcast. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. But, <laughs> no, you know, he called out their he called out their bias, right? You know, we're in 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 a very fair question, right? Which was that okay, fine, you know, Vettel going to Mercedes and all that stuff, right? Yeah, and they're saying they kept saying, where does that leave Bottas, right? And it's like actually both drivers aren't contracted next year. You know, where does that leave Lewis as well? It's like, and then he even asked them, it's like, are you sure Lewis is going to be with them? Right. And he's, and they all like literally had no answer to that. He's like, I'm just making a fair point here, you know, trying to balance it out because mm, something that Sky seems to lack impartiality, you know. <laughs> right. So, so the, the point is what Bottas has been doing recently, it's been circulating that he's been in touch with Renault to cover his ass. In case well, anything... I, th- I think I think you have to at this point. Yeah, because. because how long are you going to wait for Toto to say, you know, yeah, we'll deal with it later. We'll deal with it later. Plus, also, Bottas has always been on one-year contracts. He's never had a solid contract. He was always, to me, seen a placeholder. Because when they had Rosberg and Hamilton, mm. I felt like they were going to they were going to run with that lineup for as long as they could. There was no reason to break it up unless it got to such a hostile environment that they had to choose one. And I yeah. think it got close at times, but I don't think it was, you know, to that level. Then when he no. retires, I think the whole thing was, are we going to, you know, George Russell's coming up at that point. No, there was there was Pascal Verline as well, remember? Verline, you had Ocon was just getting into the manor seat. So mm. they had this, you know, all these options, but I think they wanted someone that was going to be more consistent. Yeah, yeah, for, you know, a season. And then you start to see, you know, Verline falls out of the seat. Ocon's on loan. You know, mm. George Russell's still coming up. So it, the timelines just never hit, and they don't really want to put a, you know, a rookie in this kind of car. Yeah, in, in a top-flight car, exactly, yeah. Because, But the thing is, at the same time, that's what gave um, Helmut Marko some ammo. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's it just questions the theory. They're going to go, if they do go with Seb, uh he's probably going to have a very similar contract to what Botas had I would say one or two years max because you have to well, kind of look at they're going to eventually have to replace Hamilton Oh yeah yeah Hamilton and, knows that as well he yeah. knows that himself right It's so, just it's going to happen in the now. next four huh that's what that's why Russell's coming up that's Russell Right it's going to yeah, happen yeah, in the yeah. next 4 years i mean it's just it's going to be inevitable and, and and the dumb thing is hamilton is actually older than vettel yeah this right? is so, like it though sure but i mean you know no 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 but you know what i mean it's, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 like you know um okay from a marketing perspective and all that stuff daimler are totally behind um 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 you know, Vettel going to um, Mercedes, Mercedes, right? I have a question. And and they need a German because otherwise there'll be no Germans left on the cal- uh, on uh, in F1 since 1991. Okay, how about this angle? How about yeah. this? What if Vettel says, "Yeah, no, 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 thank you. 
I'd rather retire than have to race against Lewis Hamilton in the same car. No, he didn't say that. Obviously, he clearly said that it's it's Mercedes or nothing. I oh, think he like, wants. I think he wants he a competitive. He wants it. Yeah, he wants it. He wants it. It's, it's now up to Lewis to say, okay, mate, you know, you've had the best car. Let's see how good you are. You know, if it's you so called car. Really thinks that? You think he really believes that in his in his soul? Come what? on. He does. What? Well, yeah, of course. He, because the thing is, it's like um, the problem with Ferrari. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it all. Um, problem with Ferrari is even Jean Todd said this is it's not the same Ferrari that we had when it was him and Michael and and Ross and you know that dream oh, team. Of course not. It's I mean it's so, been fifteen yeah, years. It's, it's been because what happened was Luca de Montezemolo got fired. Okay. But, uh, you know, you know, at the end of 2014, when everyone was getting fired at Ferrari, right? Okay. Yeah. You had Marco, um, Marco uh, Matarazzi, I think, or um, this interim sort of team boss, right? Yeah. Who was there just to fire people, right? Including Alonso, right? And then he himself got fired. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was just... Like a big was, and since then, because of that, right? They just haven't been able to gel together, right? And then Arriva Bene came in in 2015, okay? Then he had to rebuild everything. And because there was a lot of pressure from uh, the uh, Fiat Chrysler board, um, which was Sergio Marchioni, okay, it didn't work. You know, it just didn't work. Whereas... um, even uh, I, I saw something from Bernie Eccleston about this whole Ferrari falling out of love with Vettel and all that stuff, whereby it was um, Bernie said that um, when when I spoke with Michael once about, uh, when, you know, back in the Ferrari days. Right. He said, um, uh, you know, who runs the team? You know what Michael said? Ooh. I do. He said, I do. Right. And that's the difference. Right. That is the complete difference. Whereas now it's all very political. (laughs) John Todd did a good job of, you know, making sure the team was protected from all the politics. So that way they could just get on with doing the best job and getting the best people in the right places. And that's that's a great time. I think that's just because of the money spike. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you have so many people making decisions at this point. You know, it's a bureaucracy, and it's just you have so much money wrapped into it that do you really want to put everything on the back of you know a driver? So I just think that that's probably the biggest difference that's happened. And you also have to think it's been 20 years since you know 2000, 2001 when you had Ferrari at the dominance with Michael. I mean, a lot has changed. It doesn't mm. seem like that, but a lot has changed in that Oh, time. God, yeah. Yeah, when you watch the old races, you realize how much has changed, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which we're going to go on to. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing I want to really mention before we do get into those uh, two memory lane races is science. And how this, I do think, is finally Ferrari breaking its norm mm. of having older drivers in cars i mean you have carlos Sainz. that yes he is a veteran he's been in what the sport since 2015 
15? 15, yeah. Yeah. 15. So 15 he's been in there for quite some time, but he's what, 24 years old? Yep. And then Leclerc so he, is 20. So he's got 20- the experience. He's got the experience acquired, and he's got the, let's be honest, racecraft, because he's been, you know, he's been doing wonders with that McLaren. Okay. Yep. So, um, you know, so they got that, and they got a strong young guy in um, Leclerc. Leclerc. Okay. Two, two good horses, finally. Sorry? Two good horses, finally. Yeah, finally, yeah. So um, now they just need to work together. And the thing is, with science, okay, he knows how the Italians work. Because guess where he was when he started off? Toro Rosso. Right. So, you know, and that's Faenza. So, and he speaks Italian as well, which makes it a lot easier. And, you know, um, there just seems to be that sort of like, Apparently, there is that chemistry there that is needed. Okay. So, maybe it will work out. The problem is Ferrari's team mistakes. That, yeah, they're going to definitely have to clean that up. The yeah, only that, thing that... It's like, it's like, okay, drivers are sorted. What's next on the list of sort, right? You know, you need to sort out all the team failings, Okay where upgrades aren't working or especially strategic errors, the amount of strategic. Well, what I think could be, they're killing themselves with strategy. hundred percent. Someone's got to get fired immediately. What what I think could benefit them, but but reviewed. What I think could benefit them at this point though, is you have people that are going to be less safe is the wrong word, but more daring. You have some young drivers and so they're going to put the team in positions that maybe they haven't been in yes. with, you know, Seb and Raikkonen, kind of more conservative drivers at times. You can say Seb is, you know, maybe not as conservative. You know, he he's definitely has instances in the last few years. But I I do still think that, you know, single-mindedness at that point, because you just start to get, you know, I think you lose the hunger at some point. I think it's very difficult to keep going, like you know Michael and Hamilton, that you have that stride to keep pushing yourself. Add another one. I think hunting for the first one, the first title, is probably when you're the most motivated. Yes. So now that you have these young drivers that have the opportunity to do that, I think pushing the team to be like, look, we haven't had the success. I don't have the success. They're going to put the team in a position that it needs to be put in, that they start taking chances. And if they have these failings, I think these, you know, they're going to hold them accountable because they are going to start wasting their time. So I think that Ferrari, this could be very beneficial to them in the long run for mm. success. But of course, those, those mistakes have to change. I, they don't have to be as, you know, calculated and flawless as you know Mercedes has been. I think yeah, that's because Mercedes the, that's had the time goal. To, to get all that shit out of the way. Remember, right? I mean, I mean, uh, they they, they, they made need all to be their more mistakes. consistent. They they made all their mistakes between 2010 and 2012. That oh. is according to Ross Braun. Well, I well, just because they were building up. They were build up stage. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, the team that they have now, like the management team and the, the technical team Ferrari has now, how long have they been together? They've been together way longer than that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Apparently not. After for, after they restructured after, what, Fernando, right? 
No, and then they still were restructuring after that because remember, Ariva Bene went, and then there was all this other stuff, and um... yeah, it was like a 2017-18 change. Yeah, there. yeah, there was that change, and then plus you had um, um, what's his name? He went to Alpha Salva, uh, their chief designer, who was working, um, who worked on the 2017 and 18 cars. Mm -hmm. uh, no, 2017 car definitely was was him under the guidance of Rory Byrne. Um, I forgot his name, uh, but he looks like um, Cypher from Matrix. Um, um, uh, yeah. or, uh, <laughs> oh, the name is on the tip. Um, uh, Simeone, something. Uh, but anyways, the point is, right, you know, they they had that. Now they recruited it back in. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you looking up? Oh, yeah, I'm looking at that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, well, he does look like him, doesn't he? <laughs> right, What's know? his name? Dominic Simeone, I think. I don't know. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Um, Ferrari. Here's the thing. Their, their biggest challenge isn't with the, the actual car, though. Their challenge is with the intelligence they apply to a race day scenario. Like, that's the problem. That's the screaming gap that they have right now. And they've yeah. always... And even as you go back... You know, as we're going back, by the way, and looking at these historic races... You know, we looked at the old wet weather races and, you know, some of the classics to think about, well, what the hell are we going to talk about seeing how there's no racing, right? Mm -hmm. So even when you go back 5, 10, 15 years, they're still fucking up in the exact same way. Yes. It's insane. Like, you forget that they've been making this mistake for decades. Like, it feels like forever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every year. It's insane. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it's the culture. What do you think? There is that. There is a lot of that. Everyone keeps saying that, you know, there is um, uh, a lot of culture going on, you know, with uh, uh, with that. But um, I think it's it has to do a lot with, you know, past success. I feel like you can run parallels with Williams that because you're the winningest team and, you know, you have the pedigree as Ferrari does, I think you get comfortable in just your past successes and yeah. i feel like williams has done that too and now they're starting to learn that no one cares what you did 20 mm. years ago you just you know you're, you're getting into generations that have never seen a williams and ferrari be a winning title contending car you just don't you don't no and so you have you can't go and you know us i guess now older folks we can go and remember and reminisce about that and remember of how great they once were, but it still doesn't translate to being successful in 2020, 2021, and the future of what you know F1 might be. Yeah, Williams's problem was they were too hung up on tradition. Yeah, right? and I think uh, that has a lot to do with uh, Ferrari as well. Yeah, yeah, no, but Williams, right, have really fucked it up on, in terms of tradition because uh, I think Mark Webber said it in his book. Right. And then only recently where uh, I think it was last year where after they got rid of Paddy Lowe. Right. They they basically said um, uh, Claire Williams came out saying that, yeah, we, we've started to take a different approach now on how we do things because they, they they had that whole thing of like we're a constructor. We have to make our shit by ourselves. It's like, no, you can outsource 
right? You can't you, you know. can't do it anymore. The market's changed. Yeah, the market's changed. So they basically have to change it, right? But you know, it's it's good that they do their own stuff because you know it gives value to them as a constructor. I understand that point totally, right? As an independent constructor, because that's what they live for, right? And but they've had to change their approach on how they're doing it rather than just like, no, we'll do everything ourselves, right? You know, they they have now gone down the approach of um, outsourcing things, right? But agreeing it in-house. So it kind of has like modulized um, the um, development of um, how they go forward in, in terms of um, uh, chassis performance and right, uh, right. and all that stuff. So you know, even though they do have their chief aerodynamicists and and that kind of stuff, but they've kind of taken um, a slightly more modular approach to it. Uh, so by the um, you know uh, the the whole package should work together better. And and we've seen that from uh, winter testing. You know, it is better. It is closer. It's not there yet, but it's a lot closer than what it was. It's not going to be like you know two seconds up there and back of the grid or whatever. You know, so yeah. Well, it just it moves fast, and they oh, need good, to yeah. start. They both need to start looking forward, and maybe this eventually is the best step for Ferrari mm. having these two young drivers. Thanks for listening, everybody. We did have a second part to this podcast. It is still there. It is coming out later this week. We covered the 2005 and 2006 San Marino Grand Prix at Imola. We got pretty into it. So we decided to kind of give it its own spotlight, and it will be up on Spotify, Anchor, wherever we post our podcast, and you can find it there later this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.